So this story is one of the favorites in the Gospels. How do we know? Because it's the only miracle story of Jesus that is found in all four Gospels. It's one of my favorites, too. So we're actually going to hear it again, and this time it's a different translation. This is the translation that's actually in uh, the Bible that's in the pew rack there, and I invite you to take it out now to turn to the Gospel of Mark, which is the second Gospel uh, as you are in the New Testament. Um, Turn to chapter 6, and we'll be reading verses 30 through 44. And let's pray as we prepare to hear this word again. Jesus, you are the bread of life, and we cannot know you or your living bread or to hear you without your spirit helping us, and that is our prayer, that you will make these words, the words in scripture and the words of my mouth come alive, that they might feed us this day. Amen. So, Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 30, listen to God's word to you. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and Jesus had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. They said to him, are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered five thousand men. Wow. The gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. A few days ago, I I made plans to meet a friend. We were going to hang out, and uh, we decided to meet at her house and start from there, and uh, we're going to meet at 1 o'clock. That was the plan. So I get to her house, and she's not there. And this friend is extremely prompt, always right on time, very organized person. But I ring the doorbell. Nobody's there, so I go back to my car to get my cell phone. I'm going to text her. And then she drives up, 
and turns out that she was very busy. She and her sister both have been doing a lot because her 90-year-old mother is needing more and more attention and more and more care. So she was very frenzied as she went around the house trying to get ready to go, and I said, well, have you had lunch yet? And she just said, you know, I forgot to eat. I'm like, really? Forgot to eat? <laughs> I get busy, but I don't, I'm like Bill. I would not forget to eat. And it was just so interesting watching her uh, just moving around and just multitasking, trying to get so many things done. But no leisure even to eat. That's the way our passage begins. And the reason that that's, that's there is because the disciples have been sent out in pairs to do the ministry of Jesus. And if you look earlier in the chapter, they were doing exactly what Jesus was doing. They were doing the ministry of healing that Jesus was doing. And so what did that mean? That meant that they were also known for the healing powers and people were seeking them out. So even though they came back from their their missionary journey of being out there in pairs ministering to people, people knew that they had healing, they had the ability to heal just like Jesus did. So they were just getting crowded with people too, and there was no room even for them to breathe hardly. They were overwhelmed with all the crowds coming and going. And so it's this interesting picture, like my friend, overwhelmed and I think exhausted. And I think these are words we can relate to in our neighborhood here. Perhaps someone you have seen recently, as I did, as I was with my friend, perhaps it's you that's feeling that way. Life is just too much. And oftentimes, in the midst of it already being too much, something else gets thrown in, like jury duty. In the midst of it being too much, something else gets thrown in and you get hurt and all of a sudden you have to go to physical therapy three times a week. Really? Who has time for that? Or if you're like me and your computer this last week is not working and so the IT person comes in and they're basically on your computer for half a day, which means you can't be on your computer, and then they leave and supposedly it's all fixed and you go to your computer and something else is not working because of what they did on your computer, so you still can't use your computer. Really? Or you're already overwhelmed, overextended, and you get sick. Or your kids get sick. Who has time to be sick? And I just appreciate Jesus so much looking at the disciples and seeing how overwhelmed and exhausted they are and knowing how important it is for them to have a break, to have rest, to get away from the crowds. And so he said, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest. Great idea. They get in the boat, go to the other side of the lake, four miles across the lake to a very deserted place And guess what? All those needy people saw where where they were going and managed to be there ahead of them. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. One of my family's favorite movies is the movie, What About Bob? We've got Richard Dreyfuss, who's this exhausted psychiatrist, and he's got this very needy and neurotic Bill Murray playing the, the client, who's Bob, and so the psych- Bill Richard Dreyfus tries to get away on a vacation, and he, he, as soon as he gets to this vacation house, his very needy and neurotic client, Bob, is right there on the front porch. And I think when Jesus and the disciples went across the lake, they basically came to thousands and thousands of Bobs. 
needy, needy, neurotic people. Now, of course, Jesus, being the compassionate good shepherd, sees the crowds and is filled with love and compassion for them because they're like sheep without a shepherd. But what do you think the disciples are thinking? Probably the same kind of things we think when the computer goes down and when there's more on top of the already too much and you're already overwhelmed and you're already overextended. Now, it's interesting because this story takes place in a very symbolic setting. They are out in what we hear three times is a deserted place. A deserted place, a deserted place, basically the wilderness. And for the readers of Mark, who are very, very familiar with their faith journey as it's talked about in the Old Testament, one of the most formational stories in all of the Old Testament is about being delivered from Egypt, right? And they're on the way to the promised land. And in between being delivered as slaves in Egypt and getting into the promised land, where are they? They're in a deserted place. They're in the wilderness. And what happens in that wilderness when there's over 600,000 of them out there where there is no food? What happens? God feeds them the bread of heaven. So we hear this very symbolic kind of layering going on here. And not only that, later on in the story, you hear the words that Jesus took the loaves of bread, he took and he broke, no wait, he took and he blessed and he broke and he gave. Where do we hear those words? Right here at the table. And all of the readers of the Gospel of Mark, all those who heard this Gospel, would make that association with the table. The table that points back to God's deliverance from slavery to sin through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and looking forward to that final wonderful banquet when all things will be complete in Christ. So in between, in between, Deliverance and the promised land, deliverance and the final banquet, you are here where the bread of life is feeding you. And that's where this confrontation goes on. I'm going to call it a confrontation because they are ordering one another around. Did you get that feeling in the story? First of all, the disciples come to Jesus not suggesting. (laughs) This is the imperative verb here. Send them away. It's the end of the day. It's getting dark. There's thousands of people here. Send them somewhere where they can get something to eat. Paying attention, it's a great idea. They're interrupting Jesus, who's totally caught up in his teaching. Send them away. And then Jesus comes back, and with an imperative verb, which is a command, you give them something to eat. I'm sure they didn't know whether to cry or to get angry or to give up or whatever, those kinds of feelings that we have, except for we do get the impression that they're angry. How can you tell? Are we supposed to go and spend 200 days' worth of wages, buy food, bring it back, feed this crowd, which basically the rhetorical question was, that is such a stupid idea, Jesus. You think that we would do that and could do that. Jesus comes back and he's ordering them to go 
find out what they have and bring it back. How many loaves do you have? And they come back, and really think about it. Twelve, twelve disciples here. They've got five loaves, not big loaves, and two little fish. Not even enough for them, much less thousands and thousands and thousands of bobs. So Jesus takes what they have, the little that they have, the way too little, and asks them to have the people uh, get seated in groups of hundreds and fifties on the green grass. I don't know if you noticed that detail. Just kind of a sign of the abundance of God's kingdom. And starts breaking the loaves. And not only are they all able to eat, they are filled. That sensation was rare for that peasant population. To eat and be filled. And then there were 12 baskets full left over. Unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. You know, it's interesting because you would think that the disciples would have expected that God would provide. Maybe not in that miraculous way, but that God would provide day by day, not just because they had the stories about God's provision in the wilderness and because they They knew Jesus and were traveling with Jesus, but because they had just been sent out in pairs and were told by Jesus, don't take any bag with you, don't take any bread with you, don't take any money with you, and they had just come back and they had been taken care of. God had provided day by day by day. So you would have thought that they would have known thought that they would have remembered how God does provide for us when we are overwhelmed and exhausted in a deserted place. And I have to be honest with you. I wonder why I don't know and remember God's provision for me day by day. When each new day I am filled with this worry and in my own overwhelmedness and my own exhaustion tending to forget that God does provide the manna just enough for one day. Last October when we were getting ready to go to Romania, it was the day before we were going to leave. Our team was traveling and you all know what it's like to get out of town. It's hard. It's hard to get everything organized, get on top of everything. I was down to the wire. It's hard to get ready to travel overseas. And so here I am. I've got like no time. I've got one day left to get everything done. And it's too much. I'm, I'm freaked out and I know I can't get it all done. So I'm in the parking lot of Home Depot running an errand. And I look behind me and I back up and it's this crunch. And I have backed into a woman with a Volvo station wagon. And I'm just thinking, are you serious? <laughs> Is this really happening to me? So how long was I in that parking lot with this woman trying to get the police to come, which they didn't come? Hours and hours I'm in this parking lot. And I wanted to cry. (laughs) And I wanted to get angry at her. And I wanted to give up. It was my own little mini wilderness. Lack of trust. 
And yet the day before, I had been preaching in church, just like this, <laughs> about God's provision, about how great God is, how quickly we forget God's abundance, how quickly we forget how dependent we are on God's grace, how quickly we forget how faithful God is, which is why we need this time, isn't it? It's why we need to be in the Song of Mark and to hear these stories over and over again. It's why we need prayers during communion. You will have people over on the side ready to pray with you. When you are in the midst of pain, it is so helpful when others can lift up that burden and lift it to God for you and with you. It's why we need the table regularly to remind us that the bread of heaven is with us, walking with us every day in between Egypt and the promised land, in between the victory of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and that final banquet that's coming, the bread of life every day, one day at a time, that's all we get. We don't get to store it up. I don't get to stand here today and say, okay, I believe today, so that's going to last me for the rest of my life. Nope. Every day, walking in this confidence, in this confidence that the bread of heaven is with us. I want to close with one more story that comes later in Mark. Because Mark is one of the few Gospels that tells another miraculous feeding story. The feeding of the 4,000. And guess what happens right after the feeding of the 4,000? The disciples get in the boat with Jesus and we're told they forgot to bring bread. So Jesus starts teaching and he uses the metaphor of yeast. And the disciples look at each other and like, oh no, he's mad at us because we didn't bring bread. I have to read to you what Jesus says. And I don't think he's just talking to the disciples then. I think he's talking to us too. This is Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 17. Lots of questions come out of Jesus' mouth here to them. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and fail to see? Do you have ears and fail to hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? And they said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? And they said to him, Seven. And then he said to them, Do you not yet understand? Do you not yet understand? With compassion, Jesus asked that question of us. And this is the question I want you to think about What is it that Jesus wants us to understand? When he asked, do you not yet understand? What is it that Jesus wants us to understand? I want you to turn to someone next to you and answer that question, if you will. What is it that Jesus wants 
you to understand this morning. Just turn to somebody nearby. Don't be shy. What is it that Jesus wants you to understand?